Welcome to Read Smut, the podcast that reads and reviews romance and erotica. We're your hosts, Faith, Katie, and Meg. We're joined by our illustrious sound engineer and editor, Kelsey, who has never read romance. We would like to remind you that this podcast gets spicy and is not recommended for children. This week, we're going to be reading Hannah Howell's Highland Bride. So, Megan, my understanding, you have a story behind this recommendation. Yeah. So, this is the first romance novel I ever purchased with my own money. I had read them before my mom's, but my mom likes reading pirate romances, and I don't really like pirates. Maybe we should get a recommendation from her for I know. <laughs> a future. I'll get, I'll get a recommendation. Episode. Yeah. I mean, I'd read Outlander by this point. I read it when I was like 15 and I really loved it and I loved the Highlanders and like oh, I thought they were so cute. I wanted to move to Scotland when I was younger and like marry a Scottish Highlander. My fiance is Polish so that didn't really turn out. I still I'm love Polish. him. Polish. Woohoo. Yeah. It's great. Highland Bride. It's the seventh book in the Highlander series by Hannah Howell but it's completely standalone. So you don't need to read any other of these books to understand what's going on. It's a standalone story. Although some of the characters are kind of woven in into other stories, which is nice. I loved this book. I thought it was so great. So it'll be really nice to read it again and kind of see how how it stands up. And we said we're classifying this as what genre again? This is like a Highlander, like a Highlander historical romance because it takes place in the 15th century. Okay. So definitely a long time ago, but it is a Highlander romance and those are really popular. Mm -hmm. So you'll see a lot of naked chests with kilts. It's really nice. Okay, great. (laughs) All right. So join me in listening to the back. Journey to the treacherous and tempestuous highlands of 15th century Scotland in Hannah Howell's passionate tale of a feisty beauty determined to uncover the softer side of the iron-willed warrior who has wed her, bed her, and stolen her heart. Highland Bride. Though she has yet to be courted by any man, spirited Gillian Murray decides the time has come to visit the dower lands gifted to her by her father's kinsmen. She arrives to find the small keep surrounded by three lairds, each one vining for her hand and property. Though resolved to refuse them all, the threat of battle on her threshold forces her to boldly choose a suitor. Sir Connor McRae, a handsome, darling knight of few words. As his wife, Gillian is stunned by his tierce, cold distance and her own yearning to feel passion in his arms, now bringing her healing touch to a land and keep ravaged by treachery and secret enemies. She dares to reach out for the one thing she fears she may forever be denied, her husband's closely guarded heart. Wow, that sounds... I'm excited. Right? Doesn't it sound so, like... It does. That was a really well-written description and very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. I remember these books being really dramatic and, like, just perfect for 16-year-old me being like, what is love? I definitely think that my romance, what I looked for in a partner, might have been shaped a little bit by this book. (laughs) 
Hannah Howell's influencing <laughs> young Megan. They well, that's the thing. That's, hey, that's why okay. That's why they're so important, and it's so important that we talk about it because this book, when I was sixteen years old, dating my first boyfriend, like this is what I thought romance was. You know, honestly, what I remember is that she she stood up for herself, which I appreciated, and which is so different from what a lot of girls see. I hope it stands up from what I remember. She was a really good heroine. So we'll we'll see. But I'm excited to read this. Me again. too. I'm excited. It sounds like there's some great characters. I like the idea of there being battles and all of that. You said this is in the 15th century. So it's like... Yeah, it's like 14 four something. Okay. okay, that's a super interesting time. I love like Renaissance festivals. So I know that's around that yeah. time. So I think that's super fun. Yeah, I remember like buying this book, reading it, taking it to work scandalous and like reading it on my lunch break and i would have to hide the cover so it's amazing yeah <laughs> so i'm looking at the cover now it says hannah howell is a new york times best-selling author so good for you hannah that's amazing this book is or was at least i don't know how much it would be now but it's 4.99 in the u.s so special price yeah. for the cover <laughs> 6.99 in canada um so do not blame you for buying it and let's see. So first thing that I see. So we have right here my original copy from when I was 15. And if you notice on the spine, I've numbered it because I bought all of these books. All of it. So she had like 15 books at least. And I had them all and I numbered them on the spine with my little label maker. And I just kept them in my library. This is actually really awkward but it's fine. I think it's great. <laughs> well, from the description on the back, I feel like this is a combination of not only Outlander, but Monarch of the Glen, the show, the Scottish show, where yeah. it's very much about like land and lords and how it's acquired. And then also you have this romance where this woman is falling in love with this Scottish warrior. Yeah. I, from what I remember, I really liked it. Based on how much you like Outlander, Meg, I'm not surprised that you like this book. <laughs> I wonder if the Outlander love was influenced by this book, too. Who this knows? might be influenced by their... I don't know. Well, I don't know. So I remember him being, like, really cold and, like, terse, whereas Jamie is, like, cute and fun. Mm -hmm. Definitely, like, the whole Scottish Prejudice. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like... Darcy. You know, he's like really cold and distant. Aloof, yes. Aloof. But let's discuss the cover. Four ninety nine yeah. special price. Mm -hmm. It's a very sweet cover. I think it's one of the sweeter. I mean, they they look well. Naked minus much. the kilt. You gotta mm -hmm. have a kilt. And like a shot. weird tribal tattoo. Yes, I, mean, I noticed I that too. Right on his bicep. No, what's going but on? But they're just embracing and hugging each other. Really, like she's resting it's her sweet. head on his chest. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's yeah. he's got he's got some sexy muscles yeah, going they on. Got some muscles. He has a kilt. She looks naked. Probably. He's very muscly. It's kind of silhouette, not silhouetted. What? It's like cameoed, not cameoed. It's like there's like a photo, like a like a fade, like a star fade. Yeah, it's no. kind of like yeah, it's like a vignette. It's a vignette. That's it. Okay. Oh, you're keeping it in. <laughs> We're like Kelsey. Cut that. We sound ridiculous. So I remember it's called a vignette. So it's kind of a vignette. So it's mostly it's black to the cover. In my opinion, it's too much vignette. A little bit. I would have liked to see not even necessarily them more, but just their surroundings. You can't really tell where they are or what. It looks like they're in some kind of castle. It looks like there may be a, a courtyard of some sort behind them, but it's still really hard to tell. You really can't see anything. Yeah. 
because um, it's mostly black other than the circle in the, in the center with them embracing. And the four ninety nine special price. And the 4 sticker. Which is like in bright yellow. <laughs> yes, it's very in your face. And then the writing is a um, red, pretty red yeah. color, uh, both for Hannah's name and the title. And that's, it's pretty simple. There's not too much more to say, I wouldn't say. Yeah, and on the back it like it's like ombre red, and on the spine it's like ombre red to black. And, and then Megan's little number. My little number. And what I thought was so interesting was for this series, she had so many books, but like all the spines were different colors, That's so you cool. could like see which story, like you could just like pick it out, which I thought was really cool. So. I think that's about it. I'm glad to be rereading it again, and I hope it holds up. And yeah. yeah so we are going to go read this. Um, as you probably know, you can either go ahead and read it too, pause the podcast, come back after you've read it and um, listen to what we have to say. Or if you are just curious about what we think, you can just keep listening and uh, we'll be back shortly. And really quickly before we stop, we do have an exciting announcement. Our very own Katie just got engaged yeah. recently, so congrats, Katie. Just Thank you. We are all looking forward to yes. partying and celebrating you. Very excited. Yes. Thank you. So with that in mind, <laughs> in readers or people who are ready to just get spoilers, enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, so this has spoilers. We're going to be talking about, I mean, that's what this is. We just talk about it. And welcome, welcome back. Yes. So if you've read the book, that's awesome. If you have not read the book, cool. Buckle up. We're going to tell you and Kelsey all about this book. <laughs> it was great. Re yeah. Right? You liked yes, it? Yes, I loved it. <laughs> awesome. We'll see what everybody else thinks. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the, it still is that special price of four ninety nine. On Amazon, <laughs> I, I bought it in like 2005 or something like that. Um, I was 15 when I, no, 2003. Like three, four. Yeah, like three. Yeah, maybe. 2003. I was like 15. We decided Megan's doing the Scottish accent for any. Oh my gosh, please don't make fun of me. need in please this discussion. Please don't at me. I'm trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Faith, do you want to do the honors of telling everyone what Highland Bride by Hannah Howell is all about. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. So I was uh, a little of a procrastinator. So I just finished this in the last like 24 hours, which makes it super, super fresh and intense. Just coming off the high of Highland Bride. What a high. <laughs> what a high. <laughs> so this book starts out with Gillian and she is traveling across. Oh, oh wait, no, no. The book starts out with her uncle. Well, it, and it's the year is oh, 1465, yes. which is. 1465. Tell us a little about 1465. So 1460. I only know. I mean, I guess I could look up Scottish history. I know that in England at the time, Henry IV was the king, but I'm not sure in Scotland because at this time period, they're two separate countries. They mm -hmm. haven't become combined we can look up who is the you know, right. they don't say it at all in the book they may they just say the king they just yeah i think okay, they just say right. the king mm -hmm. which is a great um, you know she there was no google mm -hmm. so <laughs> she couldn't they just, just it, so it. hannah couldn't just like google it and be like alexa who is the king of scotland in 1465 oh james the second what was i thinking james the second of scotland mm -hmm. he was a 
Stewart? Was he a Stewart? Oh. James the third. James the third, of course, James the <gasps> third. That's really sad. Maybe that's why Spire he's like letting pe- he was only twenty nine. Maybe that's why he's like letting people willy nilly steal brides. Oh yeah. If you didn't know that's what Oh happens. I'm sorry. Oh I'm oh, so no, sorry. No, no, no. no, that that is a great entry. Spoilers. Spoilers. We're about to recap we don't even it, need so to recap. Fine. A bride is stolen. The end. That's it. The end. Thanks for coming to our podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, Faith. So King James the Third. Third. I mean, they Third. didn't have like vaccines or like toothbrushes. So, yeah, I tried yeah. not to think about that too much. As no I was one reading. brushed their teeth in this mo- yeah, in this book. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> now Kelsey can taste her mouth, and now so can I. Well, I can too. I can taste my own mouth. Brush my teeth. Sorry, gentle viewers. We're gonna go take a break and brush our teeth. We're all gonna brush our teeth before <laughs> because we talk. this isn't fourteen sixty-five. James the third of Scotland is not on the throne. Yeah. So this this book starts out with Sir Eric, who is Gillian's father, and he's talking with someone else in the king's court. He spent a lot of his time in the king's court instead of um, James the third. Yes, instead of at. What do they call their clan's homes? Uh, is it Dilclada? No. Dilclada. Um, he's instead of with his family on their on their lands, so he spends his time there. I forgot about that part of the book. I forgot that this was even, and I just finished. Yeah, it was done two weeks ago. Yeah, it was very, very short. Recently. Just the beginning. I, I forgot about prologue, that opening chapter. You know? That probably shows you how much it was. Yeah, really well, needed. But I know. So the first person you meet is her dad, who isn't That's around right. for most of the book, and he. I mean, he's talked about all the time. But true. Yeah. But he so he's having a conversation and one of the other, you know, highborns in the court comes up to him and is like, hey, did you hear what's happening? Like with these three lords, they're fighting over this unclaimed land and they just found out that it's actually for your daughter to inherit. It's part of her dowry that her uncle bestowed her. Dublin is the Dublin 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 is her keep that she's going to keep that's it the yeah. Dublin keep which is her father's keep where her father sorry she she, she is the one who's going to inherit Eric? Sir Eric Sir Eric she he knows that she's going to inherit this land and now these lords are fighting over it and now they know it's hers and she's unwed and so he's like the king was like hey go figure it out one of you go marry her and then you don't have to fight over these lands and apparently these guys have been fighting for decades and decades these clans these three clans and they are at a point of peace so they don't want to fight each other they'd rather just settle it like have her pick somebody and then that person inherits land and then they don't have to worry about someone else coming in and messing up the piece none yeah. of them are going to mess up the piece they are just going to let her choose sort of um, sort of sort is of. the operative sort of word. is a very it's even a kind way of putting it i would say yeah, but yeah. <laughs> maybe too kind you're right katie <laughs> yeah, and her yeah, because her land is right between. Mm-hmm. And those yeah. three guys are friends, like they know I mean, each other. Well, kind friends. of. They're like okay. al- uh, allies, gr- begrudging, grudgingly, grudgingly peaceful. Grud- yeah, grudgingly mm-hmm. peaceful. They know each other. They know each other, mm-hmm. and I feel like. But their parents all like slaughtered each other. Yeah, and they brought the peace as young lads. They had to bring. The they're peace. like, we just gotta stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like a lot of people are dead. This sucks. Yeah, and it's Sir Robert, Sir David, David, and Sir Connor. Yes, and um, after hearing this news, he is off. He's like, "Shit, I need to go find my daughter because shit's going down. Mm-hmm. Gotta um, go home. Yeah, gotta go mm-hmm. home." 
un- unbeknownst to him, his daughter has, she feels she's become an old maid and she's grown tired of living with her family with all of the happy couples that she's run like around 20. from she's the like Murray family. No, she's 20. Is she 20? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's 20 and she's she feels 20. like oh, an old maid. She's like 25. Um, and okay. so she's off going with her cousin James. He's escorting yeah. her to her lands. She's he's never like her visited BFF. these lands that are hers. Yeah, what? he is her he's BFF. He's her BFF. He oh, is yeah. great. He's oh, yeah. like supportive and... Yeah, yeah, let's go. Complete let's go trust this. in her yeah. and believes mm-hmm. in her. And he's like, whatever you want. Protective, but yeah. So they're on their way out. And then she goes these to these lands and meets these people. And um, even the though they've steward. never met them her oh, before, yeah, they're just them. glad that there's someone there, I think, is the sentiment, right? Yeah. like And she's it's nice. It's kind of a sleepy little keep. The steward is really competent. And, you know, the people, they're a bunch of old women and kids Mm-hmm. basically there aren't many like men because all the men have been killed in the crosshairs of these three other clans that are fighting so like a lot of their own men died too so she just goes and hangs out and they're like this is great you're a really great person yeah this is cool they all and believe in her yeah they're like this is cool and she's excited she's gonna have her own little life in this great castle with these nice people and with and her yeah. cats and her and cats, cats. very oh, important yes. she's a cat person yay uh, yes and what are the cats names again ragged and dirty Ragged and dirty. And I think she saved them. She saved them. She found them like on the side of the road yeah. and was like, these cats are mine now. <laughs> and she loves them. She brings them with her in a basket in to a the basket. new keep. She yes. has like a special cat basket. Yeah. Her, her cousin loves the cats too. He's yeah. Like, yeah. James is like, he's like, you're kind of a weird cat lady, but like, I dig it. That's, That's cool. Fine. Yeah. She gets there. She's having fun. They're all getting to know each other and then enter these three lards. These knock, lards. Knock, knock. Yeah, they knock on the door with, like, a lot of armed men, and they're like, hey, lady, yelling up at her keep. They're like, guess what? The king gave us permission to force you to marry one of us. Or to for you, if you marry one of us, then we can inherit the lands, and that should s- settle our squabble, and we don't want to fight, so you should just pick one of us. And she's like, what she's the like, fuck? Um, excuse me? Pardon me? Yeah, maybe I don't want to be married for my lands. Maybe I want to be married for love. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. Like, <laughs> no one ever does that. And she's like, the Marais, the Marais do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone in her family apparently has always married for love. So she's expecting to do that. Yes. yes. Well, because her father and mother, their book is the first one in the series. And then she also has, a cu- uh, her sister Avery also has another book. So I think they're like two, they're like seven books. But like the Murray family is like the main center of that's cool books. i didn't realize yeah. that we can add some of these to the list maybe yeah it's a great i love hannah howell's books they're so fun continue well they are fun where we were going to talk yeah. about funnest yeah. part of this book right now because uh she's like fuck all you i don't want anyone to die so i'm gonna be super clever and so they're like okay well we're gonna start coming after you and she starts to realize they're probably going to be taking turns as to not each lard gets a day to try to break into her keep and capture her essentially mm-hmm. as a way to keep the peace and they probably like drew straws and she figures this out and she's like okay i'm just going to trick them because i don't want anyone to die i don't want anyone in this keep to die i don't want them to die like no so bloodshed no yeah. bloodshed and so her first trickery mm. trickery trickery <laughs> was she the night before she had everyone make this concoction this potion of which you learned she's really good with herbs and shit because she's like been what can't gillian do yeah, yeah no that is a really good point so she decides she's gonna make this stinky concoction so instead of pouring like boiling oil or hot oil 
over the side of the keep onto the people who are going to be attacking the next morning. She pours this like putrid stench that like is unbearable and burns a little bit like pepper spray but like smells terrible but she doesn't want to get it in their eyes yeah oh yeah. oh my gosh yes i remember her being so con she's so considerate she's like aim for their their backs or yeah like, like for like, their bellies how is that possible yeah because we're above dumping, them on a wall dumping vats of this stuff on them and then what was like, your solution they called out Shield your eyes. Oh, yeah, they yelled at <laughs> She asked her men they'd call that out. Yeah, shield, shield your, your eyes. eyes. Just tell them to shield their eyes and then dump it. <laughs> Plug your nose and shield your eyes, guys. It's pretty comical. <laughs> um, I dump this on you. And the first person Medieval they do warfare. Is Sir David, right? He's the yes. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it is Sir David. Which I, Sir yeah, because he was the one Sir I liked the least. He was, yeah. like, he was the mean. He he's was a mean, mean, misogynistic. Yeah, he was misogynistic. Yeah. He's like, hey there, little lady. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he immediately <laughs> basically all of his people's southern accents. I don't mean to offend you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yes, southern <laughs> accent, Sir David. He he like also so all of him and his men run away, and, and, I, and while they're running away, they Sir take all their clothes David. off oh, because right. it smells so it bad, smells so bad that Sir they David just like it. need to get their clothes off. So they basically yeah. run away naked, and they run away naked. And then even Sir Robert and Sir Connors, their tents, like their gr or their their camping area. They even smell the stench, and they're like, yeah. Yeah. "Wafts over." Because they're right? watching from afar. That's real bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're and they're like, "Okay, well, you know," and, and Connor's like, "Good luck, Sir Robert. You're next." And so, knowing that Sir Robert was going to take the next day, Gillian decides to have these pyres of wood, like ca like uh, campfires outside of the castle, like watch fires. Wa so she decides to have watch fires outside. That's right, watch fires outside the castle. And their idea is that she's going to, th they're going to throw herbs that'll make the knock them all out and make them all go to sleep. And the way they're going to lure them to the fires, because obviously they're going to be hesitant for trickery now, is she has the best voice that's ever in existence. Like, this is a siren's voice, apparently. I it's like the best thing. I have to just interject. Okay, Whenever characters in romance novels, like, sing, I'm like second-hand embarrassed for them it makes me it makes me really uncomfortable like she had a beautiful singing voice because it's like i've sung karaoke and been on a stage and sung and it's like that's very she's not even on the stage she's on like a castle she's wall on, like oh, a yeah. rampart and yeah. is like or like a whatever those little crenellations on the tops of a castle are and she's just like singing away and it's I, it makes me very uncomfortable i don't mm -hmm. like characters singing in books well, and she has such a good voice, though, that it makes people just, like, they're enchanted Enthralled. by her, yeah. basically. Like, like, the other men from the other uh, lards, like, they're all on the background, but they can hear it, and they all start to try to get closer, and they're yeah. like, no, don't get closer. And they even mention to the boys who are working, like, the fires, they're like, we've got to stop their ears with cotton. Like, oh, we've got to yeah. plug their ears so they can't <laughs> sing her mesmerizing, which is another thing. Okay. Continue. I'm okay. Sorry. So, so she's like, we're going to lure them to the fires with my singing voice. Yes. And then they throw the herbs in when they get close enough. And then everyone falls asleep. And to me, I, I, I felt this was a little, little rash and unnecessary, but they, they disarm everyone. And while they disarm everyone, they decide to just take off their clothing. So they also so have to run away naked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Robin ran away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. We've been accidentally, I've accidentally called Sir Robert Sir Robin like five times now, front, and now I think we're thinking great. of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 
Or, well, so he did literally run yeah, away in yeah. this part. Well, yeah. no, he well, didn't. They, like, he dragged kinda, him away. They dragged. Oh, yeah. Because he was yeah. asleep. We'll make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can imagine, you know, the kind of chauvinistic David from the day before. He's pissed that she made a fool of him, like a woman. He's really mad. And then Sir Robert, he's more of like a ladies. He loves to seduce and he's, you know, he he likes the finer things. He's like a chivalrous, charming, like a milady, like a fedora. (laughs) He's got his fedora on. Would have a fedora on, 100%. (laughs) I love that so much. That name is so funny. (laughs) Chivalrous fedora. (laughs) Milady. She like leaves him his fedora. She takes all of his clothes but leaves the fedora. <laughs> That's basically what happens. Oh, yes. Kevin, I quote that all the time. <laughs> oh. oh, and I guess the thing she also did when it came to Sir Robert, when everyone passed out, she took his horse for the fun of it for a little bit. So she stole his horse of who Which apparently she didn't know he was super attached to. So he's not happy. He's well, pretty pissed. I mean, also stealing a horse is a capital offense at this point in time mm-hmm. so like they could kill her Shit. i mean she can't Probably just be playing steal a, a man's horse <laughs> so like two of the three are taken care of she oh yes two of the scares three them away or embarrasses them thoroughly yes um maybe too thoroughly um and yeah. she uh Last boy, last guy La- up. Last guy up, and hit. You know he's been Sir watching. Connor. Been Sir Connor. Sir Connor. far. He finds her amusing, and he realizes she's playing this game well. And he's like, "She, here's my thing. I don't uh, intend to win on my day. I intend to lose because she clearly has the upper hand, but she can only have so many tricks up her sleeves, and it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And I think she to knows that. And she clearly doesn't want to spill any blood because she hasn't done anything that's hurt anyone. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go physically with the flow. hurt them. I think emotionally. <laughs> yeah, they were all pretty yeah. hurt. Like their yes. egos were bruised. He he does instruct his men to make sure they're wearing breeches. Oh yeah, to make sure underwear. they're wearing underwear like underneath their their breeches because he's like, did you see how naked all these other guys were? And <laughs> yeah, and so he's like, we should all pro- we're, we might end up naked. And, and he think- mentions that he always has to wear underwear, which he thinks it's like not manly. Yeah, because he has I think a wool allergy. He has a wool allergy, and it's which stretchy. I don't think is that big of a deal, but I guess at the time that was super embarrassing to be so like, I have a sensitive. I've got a sensitive booty. Booty. And so I have to wear these underwear. I have to wear underwear. Like that's not manly. I mean, tough, I men guess. men would. I mean, you had like your hose. So like your hose would usually be out of like linen cut on the cross or like cut on the bias. So they're stretchy. So like you would be, and you had like your shirt, which is linen as well. I mean, I think he just liked wearing like a lot of men did wear like little underbraids. There mm-hmm. is like evidence of that. I think it just wasn't very popular because people are like, I'm like being dirty. And it's a free, yes. free ball and he and he is <laughs> machismo for sure. Uh, you're not a man unless you're free balling it. <laughs> cut that out. So Kelsey is refusing to cut that he out. He tells his men to wear underwear. Well, and, he, and he also mentions his allergy. I'm pretty sure it's that part because he just they kind of throw it in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think also because with Sir Robin's men, like the ones who, the ones <laughs> Sir Robin, <laughs> the Sir Robin's men, the ones <laughs> who were wearing underwear, they left them on. And I think that's how they knew, like, oh, she'll probably just leave those boys on, like, mm-hmm. leave their little undies on. Mm-hmm. That's r- I think that's right. She didn't yeah. want to completely they, humiliate they see them, them all wandering back to the camp, and some of them are naked, some of them still have their underwear on. So that's he's right. like, everyone, put your undies on. So he's like, all right, we're going in prepared. We know that we're gonna. she's going to get they, the better of us. And they also only bring one weapon. Yes, they oh only yes. bring one weapon because yeah. they're like, we don't want her to have a whole arsenal and us to have no weapons out here. So, like, just bring one, leave everything else back at the camp. 
and they go in they're spying she's been doing a little trickery she's been sending lots of the people from the keep as if everyone's fleeing and giving up on her and not willing to defend her oh and so they're like oh that's weird it's now like empty um and she opens the doors and she's like come in and have a feast with us you know, no one's here. Little bit notes to them, like, actually, everyone's filing back in. So they just, like, left to make the ruse, and we're starting to come back to the key. Yep, once the guys were inside. Once they were inside. And she, you know, she's like, yeah, join us for food. And he's like, ha, like, I know you're going to trick us somehow. Like, I'm not going to eat the food. And she went around and picked a whole bunch of random food and drank some wine. And then he's like, fine, but don't, men, don't drink the wine. Yes, that's right. He said, don't drink the wine. Just eat all that good, good food. So they have a lovely conversation. I actually really enjoyed their conversation. He talked about how clever he thought she was, but that like she still was being kind of foolish. Um, but it's like a in a man's world. Yeah. Like he was like, you're playing this game well and I can respect that even though I, you know, like you're still a woman. And he then starts to feel very drowsy and he had uh, forced her to eat something or she accidentally (laughs) ate something because it looked delicious. And so she started to get drowsy and he's like, oh, you've gotten the better of me. Like, I know what's happening now. And they're as they're both like kind of like drifting out of consciousness they're you know he's like respect man i mean that's not exactly what he says that's like yo bro i think she has to eat a little bit because she's trying to get convince them to eat so she eats some and she has like a few that are not drugged like a few bannocks and like a few pieces of meat that like aren't drugged Mm -hmm. that have been like strategically no he hands her something that's what it is yeah then she has her her own little individual meal that they didn't put the sleeping stuff in but then he hands her like a piece of bread or something bannock and he's like I want you to eat this. So she's like, all right. And she does. And then and she, she starts does. getting tired. But, but she doesn't she eat as much as them, right? Yeah, she doesn't no, eat as nearly. much. And she knows that, like, the whole keep is full of all of her people. And, like, they'll protect her. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she, she won't. falls asleep. Yeah, yeah, if she falls asleep. She knows stuff will get done. So they definitely take their clothes off. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> she admires Sir Connor's fine form and his strange, strange underwear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Because he's the youngest one, too. The other guys are younger. They're younger. I but feel I like Sir David is the oldest. Yeah, Robert's Connor, Connor's 28. That's right. He's 28. Oh. And so then Robert. I think I was, I, at least I imagined Robert being, like, not that much older, maybe, like, early to mid-30s. Yeah. And then I think I imagined David being, Sir like, David being, like, older. Like a 40. old, gross, yeah. old Like, starting to gray, being kind of, like, oh. He's an asshole. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's not, not what old she men are assholes. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, got. take all this out. I'm so awful. Like a <laughs> craggy old asshole man. <laughs> oh gosh. Whoa, I, mean, I didn't whoa, like him either, man. so it's a okay. <laughs> You're not offending me because I didn't like him. So I know, but I don't like offend older men. Be yeah. like, you're all gross. <laughs> oh. Oh, I remembered what he was saying to her as he was drifting off to sleep. He was warning her. He's like, I have respect oh, for yes. what you're doing. But no, you've humiliated but these uh, these other the men. The two other guys. And bloodshed may be next because you've pushed yeah. it a little too far. And he's then like, he knocked yeah, out and he's fell like, asleep. Yep. Don't underestimate the two other guys. They don't like being bested by a woman. Yes. So he gives her that warning. And then they drag them out like in their underwear uh, like miles away so that it would take too long for them to come back because they know there's this agreement, right? Everyone has one their day. one day. Mm-hmm. And so during the night, she is like, I can't possibly ask anyone to fight or die for me just because I won't marry these eligible bachelors. That isn't fair. These people have suffered enough. All these bachelors are like there with roses. Oh, yeah. Well, just like the bachelor, which the bachelor is all she's ever wanted. But it obviously makes her very bitter because they want her land. 
and she wants to marry for love and she knows that would not be the case like her mither and fither yes (laughs) 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 i was i that (laughs) caught me up a couple times yeah mither says (laughs) i was like mither says Um. (laughs) in case you didn't read the book i guess to convey their accents they spell mother um m-i-t-h-e-r mither yep so it looks like mither and then fither father is fither Mm -hmm. f-i-t-h-e-r along with a few other fun words she throws in there there's a lot of och eyes and a lot of uh ken tis and ken and kenna and dinna dinna and arse which I don't like. I don't like saying ours. Just say ass. Yeah, I will say half that dialogue I didn't understand, but that's okay. It still gave me the impression that it was very Scottish. Yeah, it's but Megan can Scottish. translate for us. And do the accent. And do the Shalna. accent. Shalna set my arse in the laird seat. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that. Super accurate. Megan. That's such an accurate Scottish <laughs> accent. So Gillian... Uh, now she she decides that she has to choose, um, and sh- what she tells her cousin is, James. Yeah. J- her cousin James, who's very upset by this, is, "Hey, your job now is, you know, like you'll take my things, drop them off, and go get my dad, um, because Fither. this is core fi- fither, <laughs> because this is coercion, and even though like this, whoever takes me is going to wed me and bed me and take me to their keep." very quickly so that they can claim the lands and there won't be any conflict it can still be like taken back by the king if he decides that it was inappropriately done so she's like we have a way out of this marriage i'm gonna have to like give up my maidenhood and like you know break some vows and this sucks but i don't want anyone to die this is the best thing so she convinces him of that and then the next day she's like i have chosen and she, after talking Drum to people, roll. she decided. Drum roll. She wanted Connor. <laughs> this is only the very beginning of the book. Yeah, we're really not even. We're like thirty pages. So help you're investing at the most. Um, Which though she had other reasons for picking Connor too. I mean, his like fine form and his fun underwear. Yeah, <laughs> he was hot. Like he they were pretty all hot. hot. Yeah, he yeah. She keeps calling him her Viking. Yes, he looks like a Norse Viking. So, I don't think I didn't picture him with long hair. Did no, you? he had like short hair, no. but he was like fair and like really like tall and broad. Tall, broad, tall, broad Connor. And I think he shows to be he's kind and he, because I mean, like Sir David, we said was just super like David Gooley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was Awful. what you would call a classic woman hater. Yeah. Um, misogynist. Yeah. Misogynist. And then Robert was okay, but <laughs> he was he like sleazy. a weird pickup artist. Yeah, he, he was, was a fedora a boy. Lady. And none of them respected her, that's for sure. But Connor yeah. was amused. And Connor also, like, says, like, those two are more aligned. And, sh- and yeah. Gillian could also feel that, like, Sir Robin and Sir David were like together and Connor was the one that was kind of out mm-hmm. like he wasn't yeah. true. so if her dad was going to have to best anyone or like bring his army and get really <laughs> angry it was probably better that it be Connor because he'd be all alone they wouldn't stand with him yeah was her thinking she's a smart cookie yeah the bonus he was hot also and he, he was hot. so hot and he was <laughs> and and he did like was like respect these are cool tricks and he like admitted that it was yeah. pretty cool what she like, was doing yeah. even though he still was like i mean it's a man's world but it's i guess it's cool whatever but yeah he's yeah. like you're cool i respect you you're a cool smart lady 
And so he is like, okay, well, if that's that. And very quickly, he's like, you're coming with me now. And she's like, wait, what? And James is like, what? And, and she's yeah, like, well, she hasn't packed really keep me anything, James. Right? Yeah, she thought she'd have a little bit of time. She's trying to buy time. He's like, nope, we're going. We've got a priest waiting, like, at a near church. <laughs> and she's like, what? So within... And a couple hours, yeah, this priest's been waiting there this entire time. For three days. Oh, yeah, because she says he looked really salty. Yeah, yeah and he's just pissed. like, oh, my gosh, I'm so mad. Yeah, yeah, he's like, fuck all of you guys. Yeah. And they're like, we'll drive you back to your house. And he's like, fuck off. Yeah, and he was <laughs> leaves. <laughs> um, so they get wed. They don't go into detail. They're just like, yep. She's like, yep, we uh, we said our vows. Got married. And then they find a cottage along the way back to his keep. And he's like, okay, farmers, everybody out. I did not uh, like this part. Out. No. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. Yeah. To talk about. But so, yeah. So, I mean, this part's really probably really easy to say. Yeah. He said everybody out. And then flash forward. And she's talking about the sex. And like he, how it happened in the like, past tense while she, they're writing to his keep. Yeah. She's like, he kissed me really well. And so I was like, oh, okay. I could be into this. And then, like, it happened in like two seconds. Happened in two seconds. And it was real bad. It wasn't romantic. She's like, it was really, yeah, like really clinical. Just like, he's just like, okay, done. And then he leaves. Yes. Which I'm sure we all have opinions about that. Yes. Yeah. So then uh, she, they hurry on their way. They get to his keep. And then she starts meeting an array of characters who apparently all have books, Uh, have their own books. Um, great. But are his siblings? He has three brothers and a sister. Four, I think. Four brothers Nancy and a s- Angus. Auntie Angus. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! She called him. Damn it! And there's four. Did I say? Okay, wait. Yes. Damn it, Angus. Nobby isn't Nancy. a brother. Drew. 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 That's Drew right. Drew. Four. And then there's a sister. And, and then there's Fiona. a sister who's Fiona, who's dressed Fiona. like a man, which she doesn't quite understand why she's dressed like a man. And then there's Nobby, who's like family friend. Yeah. Best friend. Like BFF. Like surrogate brother, basically. Yeah. yeah. And he's nicknamed Nobby because he's so skinny. Because he's right? yes. tall and skinny. He's very tall and skinny. And uh, so she meets all these people and for like five seconds and then but he the second that they get off the horse he ignores her he, he goes in, in to go yeah. do dinner and she's like what the fuck and she's like no one's even to help me get off this horse and it's actually and she's really, really tall small and, that's right her defining features oh i was just gonna say she's yeah. really short she's, and tiny like compared to him she's she's like maybe maybe five feet even maybe five feet even super petite mm-hmm. i'd say max five two is what i was picturing. yeah like like red brown hair and she has mismatched eyes she has a green eye and a blue eye that's right okay mm-hmm. yeah and then and she's having a hard time trying to get off this horse and so nobby is still left behind he's like oh he's like, like he's kind of like the assistant and so he's like, I'll help you down. And she's like, thanks. But she's like super pissed because mm-hmm. she's like, who the fuck treats their bride this way? So she storms into the hall, the great hall. And there is a a woman who's clearly a courtesan wrapping her demon. arms around her new husband, Connor, with her with his like head between her bosom. Head between her she very large breasts. Yes. So Gillian gets upset and she Gillian's says sitting next to Connor and and, and the, the woman has like. His head nestled between her cleave. Yes, cleavage. exactly. It was, it like, was very intense. Oh, let me cut your meat or something for you. weird. Because I guess it's it's clearly implied that Connor's like slept at this yeah, woman before. Yeah, and he's and like kind of like smiling at her and laughing yeah. at her. So Gillian puts her hands on this woman's two heaving bosoms and pushes, and is like, "Best remove those." Doesn't even. <laughs> I love it. I was like cheering like, at that part. I was those. like, "Yes." And because was like, she was, and I didn't blame her because she was already mad. Like they, she got whisked away. They had bad sex. He just yeah. left her on the horse and marches and doesn't even make sure she's down on the horse. Can cut, like knows yeah. where to go. 
is yeah. fed. Like she has to find her way to he dinner. Her. She feels super and she used. Gets they, didn't, there. they didn't even serve her dinner. Like there no. was no food for her. Oh, there wasn't I don't even a seat. Remember if they left a place for her? They no, didn't. there wasn't. She yeah. had to like force her way in yeah. there. And, and then, then they this woman has her boobs around her husband's ears. Yeah, the husband that just like, took her. Oh, and what's her name? Just recently, Meg's a main courtesan is Meg. And if you didn't know, one of our hosts is named Meg. So there's a theme that was funny. It is. It's not intentional, but it's very funny. So anyway, Gillian is like, get off my man. Get your boobs away. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and she's, and she's yeah. pissed. She's so throwing shade all over this great hall. It was great. So yeah. then after. Oh, yeah. So then she goes up to her to or to she's shown to his quarters. Well, he shows up later. No, 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 no. So he so he he's like. But last, every man has his leman. Like oh yeah, so oh, he's like, don't right. get angry. Like he's this like, is normal. This is how wives according are according to my to be uncle. Treated. Yeah, and she's like, oh, so if you can rut wherever you want and be an adulterer, that means I can too, because I'm your wife. So she like grabs his brother David. Oh yeah, that's oh right. that starts right. dragging him over to a like down the hall to the bedroom. And Dermot looks terrified. And Dermot's like, what are you? What's happening? Doing? <laughs> And then she sees Dermot like lifted up and thrown across the hall, like er, down the hall. And then Connor takes her to the room. That's right. And tries to lock her in the room. Mm-hmm. And she jumps in front of him, in front of the door, and is like, "You can't leave. We've got to talk about this stuff." Yes. And he says, "Well, you know, like there's desires that need to be met for a man that is too rough for a, a lady, gentle Dainty. lady. Dainty. Like Dainty we can't lady. have you bring passion to this. I don't want to hurt you. That could be too sca- You could be scandalized. Yeah. If we are like passionate and I love making. Yeah. And in her mind, she's like, "Wait, my." sister avery is like talking about all these positions she and her husband do like i feel like yeah, I she and her sisters and her cousins talked about sex like all the time yeah it's like her whole family talks about it all the time like they yeah. don't hold back they no. don't hold back <laughs> very open family but yeah. she had all these tips from her relatives and then now connor's telling the, her this and she's like wait what it's like that's not real she's like that's not how the murray women that's not how we do. We're all sexually liberated. <laughs> so like, so do we? Do they have? Do they then? Yeah, because yeah. she's like, well, make I a make bet. a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, if you show me this kinky sex that you like to have, and I'm scandalized by it, then you can go back to Meg. But you have to promise not to parade her around in front of people, because then people aren't going to respect me. She's like, but if I like it, then you can't see. Like, don't you don't need to see Meg. Like mm-hmm. that'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, you can we just can do can with just me. Do it. And yeah. I think in in this book, kinky means like it's just very passionate and rough. It's like not like n- kissing with tongues. Yeah, kissing with tongues. <laughs> I think is what like I think because yeah, I got the impression like what he thought it just was like you just kind of like quick pull kiss and yeah, have pull sex up, really fast. Pull up your clothes out of the way. Do what needs to be done and then move on. Yes, and, and you're like, like gentle and there's no like emotion in it. It just is like your duty. It's your duty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's get naked, which in this time period, I guess, would be kinky. Like the, ooh, we've got the lights on. <laughs> ooh, the lights. <laughs> the candles are on <laughs> and I don't have any clothes on. It's great. So the sex ends up being amazing. Mm-hmm. It rocked both their worlds. Mm-hmm. And Meg is no longer his Lehman. Yes, and yeah. apparently, because I remember, I think it ends and he's concerned like she's going to be scandalized or he's going to have hurt her or something like that, and she's fine. he's so big, like big as a body. His body is really big. Large man in general. And she is so small. But she's good. 
Mm-hmm. But she's fine. Because there's at like least a, a foot height, a foot of height difference between them. I would oh, say. Oh, at, at least. least. If no, there's no, there's probably even more. Because if she's like five two, he's, he's, like he's over six, six foot. Yeah, seventy five. Then like, that's yeah. a lot of difference. Yeah. So she's like, bring it, and he does, and she's like, yeah. See Connor. Yeah. And he yeah. finds that he actually really likes having sex with her because he can have an orgasm without leaving. Oh he yeah, have to pull out. He doesn't have to yeah. pull yeah. out, which is, is awesome. He can have an orgasm without leaving. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't the it's dream true. just to have an orgasm without leaving. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I know what the context. <laughs> leaving. So he doesn't have to okay, pull out, and he I likes that a lot. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna. He maybe that is what they said. I don't know. I don't think that they said. Yeah, actually, that, you're right. <laughs> Next, what happens? Okay, so they enjoy it, but the next day he goes back to kind of pretending like she doesn't exist. But he's, but he tells Meg, "It's over. I won't be needing your services anymore." So we will no longer be needing yeah. your services. So he lets her stay in the castle, but he says, "Like I'm not having sex with you." Yes, anymore. Exactly. And then um, Gillian is cleaning his room. She's like, "I'm gonna prove well, that his, I'm like his uncle comes." Oh, that's right. That's right. His uncle comes. Uncle who gave uncle. him all this great advice about women. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you Hope you could hear the sarcasm because you can't see my face. <laughs> I can see <laughs> her face. There's a lot of sarcasm. Yeah. Uncle Neil, he talks down to her. And Depends all the ladies. Yes. And he's obviously not happy that Connor has a wife. And he um, mentions that he also has heard of her father and her cousin James and that he doesn't like them. And Peyton, her and cousin Peyton. Oh, that's right. The heartthrob, King James III's court. And he's like, f- those people, those hoity-toity people. So he's not a big fan. And then off Connor goes to the bath area where the men go. And that's where Meg and her two comrades, Jen and Peg, are mm-hmm. as well. And they're mm-hmm. washing these men down. They're just, you know, yeah, cleaning them off and and so forth. And in the meantime, Gillian's like drawing a hot bath upstairs and she's trying. Meg's supposed to be the one to do it. And she's like, dude, I'm not getting any help. So other people are helping her mm-hmm. draw this bath. And she's like, this would be great for my my new husband. Maybe we like can make ground here. And has she started cleaning yet at this point? Too? Yeah, she had already cleaned up his entire. She's trying to be a really good wife. So she's like, I'm going to show him like we can have great sex and I'm going to be like a great housekeeper mm-hmm. and like yeah. know, woman of the house. Like, I'll show you by cleaning your room for you. But and doing that, your yes. laundry. <laughs> so she's like, dude, where is he? And they're like, oh, well, he's he's probably taking a bath with the rest of the guys downstairs. And they let it slip that Meg is probably down there instead of helping That's her. Right. And she is pissed. She's like, she's skimping on her jobs. And then she's giving my husband a bath. Like, fuck that shit. So she goes downstairs, walks right into the men's bathing room. And she is and there's a bunch of naked men in there, and they're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? They all jump into the tubs. She describes it as, like, when she gets into the bathing room, all the men see her because she brings Fiona as well, who's, like, what, 13 or 14 or mm-hmm. something. So she, like, she and Fiona march down to the bathing room, and all the men see her, and they're, like, in states of undress with Jenny and Peg and Meg. Helping them take their clothes off. Yeah, like, undressing them seductively. And, like, Meg has her hands on... Connor's underwear like taking his underwear off as Gillian comes in and she's like what is going on here and all of the men like jump into the tubs and like cover themselves like little towels like it reminded me of you know in Fantasia when it's like the hippo dance and she's like really shy and like oh no I do not remember that okay I I just 
made that up in my mind. No, it, it happened. Okay. The Shy Hippo. I remember it vaguely. Yeah. Like, that's what I, I know if I ever saw that entire movie. So, I it's probably a thing. Yeah. Like, I imagine them all with, like, shower caps and, like, loofahs. <laughs> and then, like, she walks and is like, what the hell is going on here? And they're like, ooh. Like, oh, no. That's basically what happened, though. <laughs> basically. that I always remember that being, like, a really great image of, uh, in my mind of the bathing mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Whoa. And she's like, I'm drawing a bath for you. And here you are done with the with Meg again. And he's like, well, she's just washing us. I didn't think that would be a big deal. And she's like, that's my job to wash you. That's my job. And like, you don't need ladies in here. It's just a men's bathhouse. And half half of them, if not all of them or most of them are married. Yeah. That's another point. And she's like, and then she gets after one of the guys, Malcolm, whose wife, Joan, has to do all of Meg's chores because Meg is down here giving him a hand job. That's what it looked like, at Mm -hmm. least. And she's like, oh, yeah, I mean, Joan should have that embarrassment on her because she must be an awful wife if you're doing this to her. Mm -hmm. And she throws a lot of shade and it's great. Yeah. And Malcolm's just like, he looked like ill. Like, oh, my gosh, what have I been Yeah. So basically, she doesn't only make Connor feel bad that he's hanging out with Meg and her friends in the bathhouse. She makes like all the men there, basically. Yeah. Especially the married ones. Exactly. The wives are picking up the, the wives are picking up the slack and their husbands are not faithful. So... Well, and then she, you know, thre- threatens Connor and she's like, if you're not up there in like five seconds, you can forget about your bath and you can forget about a lot of other things like sex. And he's like, uh, 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 we just had great sex. I want that again. Like, that's my <laughs> yeah. right as a lord. She's like, I don't think my delicate lady sensibility could touch something that another that's woman's right. just touched. Yeah. Yeah. And so he tells everyone, scatter. And he's like, all right, I'm going to chase her up there. Well, he's scared. He's like, should I chase her up there? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's a little... Is it too weak for me to, like, go chasing after her? And they're like, no, I mean, she said she would give you a bath, and that's what ladies do for their husbands, I guess. And then he's like, and also, married men don't have sex with these girls. It's kind of a new law he's, like, laying down for the keep. Because he realizes it. I think he starts thinking back on everything that's been going on lately. He's like, oh, that's true. Meg doesn't do anything helpful. And Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, and girls, like, your job isn't spreading your legs for the guys which is slut shamey we'll talk about that okay <laughs> yeah we have to i, I want to talk about those women too yeah yes so he goes upstairs and she's already in the bath and she's as she says sulking oh that's right yes we sulk because she's like i'm not well, obviously in a good mood anymore and how does that go down and they, they end sex. up having sex which i didn't want them to i didn't want yeah. them to either. i wanted her to just be sulky and like be really mad at him and not have but they end up having sex i think in, yeah. i don't know if it's i mean it was hot sex oh no they have a bath and then they end up having sex i yeah. don't think That's it's in right. the bath i think they and go their to the bed. mattress is all wet oh yeah. yeah and she's like oh i hope this dries out before That's why you should never have bath sex you can slip and break your neck or you can make your mattress real wet it's gross yeah, yeah. so they go from the tub to the bed but they don't dry off or anything no yeah no i was awful yeah yeah even when i was 15 i was like this mattress is going to get moldy, you guys. <laughs> Come on. No, do we? Yeah, I would have been worried about that, too. Yeah. So. Moldy mattresses aren't sexy, people. No. Yeah. <laughs> Takes out kidding. the romance. If that floats your boat, you go for those moldy mattresses. But you probably shouldn't, though, because you could get sick. Yeah, it's like a lot of expense. You gotta get well, a whole new mattress. I mean, he is a lard. Maybe he can afford a new mattress. Well, I mean, to be fair, Gillian does say as she's cleaning his room, it looks like it has not been cleaned in like not just months, like years. Yeah. Doesn't she say it's, it's really dirty? It's gross. Yeah. So maybe he would be okay with a mildewy mattress. 
based on the state of his room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, he starts to open up to her a little bit. I think that was the night he opens up to her a little bit about like what's been going on at his keep and why his sister is dressed like a boy. Yeah. In the feud, right? So he yep. starts opening up. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, well, I had to be a lard from a very young age because my parents were killed and like mo- almost all the adults were killed. So us as kids had to rebuild this keep, stay alive, survive. And then we also made peace with these other clans. Like mm-hmm. we did this and I have to be strong because I'm protecting my people. Um, and so she starts to get a clearer picture. And the reason Fiona's dressed in boys' clothes is because there ain't no other ladies of the house. Yeah, yeah there's like no the servants, them. but their mother died. Mm-hmm. They don't have any like female relatives other than Fiona. And so she just was kind of raised like another brother. Like a boy. Yeah. Which, <laughs> lucky, she gets to do all this fun shit. So, so much happens. They, we he opens up little like by half, he, We're only halfway yeah. through, guys. He opens up little by little, but it's never like, I think that they continue to have great sex and they have nice conversations, but she notices a big discrepancy where in the bedroom he's super sweet and they talk about like personal things and they have a great time together, but then as soon as they're not in the bedroom, he gets super cold towards her and like yeah. feels like he has to put on this front if he's like manly and like doesn't have, a, isn't emotional and he's strong and not attached to anyone and he doesn't really hang out with her outside of when they're in the bedroom having sex and that's that reminds me of another thing so him not showing emotion is hard for gillian because there is a little bit of mysticism in this book in that she's supposed to have a second sense when it comes to people and she can understand their feelings kind of like troy in star trek next generation yeah counselor troy yes she's an um, empath she can feel people's feelings but Mm -hmm. she can't read connor yeah gillian she knows she understands people really quickly when she meets them she like can sense how they if they're a good person or a bad person and if they're trouble can kind of figure them out really quickly but he's he's basically bella swan to her Mm -hmm. he like can't read her or she can't can't read read him him. Mm -mm. no i forgot that is an important thing to know too because at this point does she mention the thing about his uncle i think she brings it up pretty early yeah she likes everyone she's met so far except connor's uncle neil the one who gave him all the terrible advice about how to treat a woman she has met him at this point and she just gets really bad vibes from him and she knows he's like hiding something yeah she doesn't know what no but but she just like can tell yeah so she's a great singer she has this mystical sense she's very clever she's good with herbs and cleaning and And we got to talk about that yeah we'll talk about that later we're talking about that after i've got like a whole list of stuff i want to (laughs) like go in depth on okay good i'm glad you're noting that thank you getting sidetracked all right so So she i'll I'll try i'll try to pick it up it's it's hard there's so much going on but i think the next thing that happens she's teaching fiona the ways of being a lady Mm -hmm. fiona really likes gardening there yeah fiona loves it she's this is exciting and new and fascinating to her and they're gardening they're doing stuff and at one point she's out in the garden with fiona and navi and she teaches them how to dance yes that's the part we're talking about no wait no no no. she's out in the garden with them and all of a sudden navi gets hit over the head with the hilt of a sword oh right okay no i'm thinking of a different part okay and she is she's like who is this it's sir robert 
Sir Robin. <gasps> Sir Robin came along. That's my favorite part. And he's like, you're coming with me. And she's like, well, shit, if I make a fuss, like people could get killed. And I don't want anything to happen to Fiona. And Fiona's watching from the bushes and watches this whole thing. And so she hops on the horse. Sir Robert rides off. And Fiona's like, shit, like now I got to drag Nobby back to the castle. She runs into someone with a cart who helps her. And then she gets there as fast as she can and tells her brother. And her brother's like, what? Gets really pissed, hops on a horse, starts riding over to Sir Robert's uh, keep. And is knocks on the door and is like, dude, what the hell? In the meantime, That's Sir right. Robert has been trying to seduce yes. Gillian. He puts on his really nice button his nicest down. fedora. Nicest yes. fedora. And all the axe body spray he can he find. He basically tells her how amazing he is and that she should be with him and not Connor. Yes. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, she says, that's funny because I can feel the disgust you have at the thought of trying to wed and bed someone else's like used goods, essentially. Mm-hmm. She's like, and I don't really appreciate that. You're just freaking lying. And he's now wary of her because he's like, that's exactly what I was thinking. And wh- how did she know that? And then when Connor shows up and he tells Gillian to go wait outside and is talking to Robert, Robert explains, well, I had intel that you your marriage wasn't going so well that she wasn't that happy. And I learned about this coercion thing that the king can undo your marriage because it was all done under duress. So I thought I'd just woo your bride and steal her because hell, hell, why not? You know, it wasn't violent. And he's like, well, fuck you, man. That's my wife. And by the way, who was your informant? And it, it's quickly discovered that it was Meg. That Meg had been telling all these secrets about the his own keep, which pisses him off. And Robert, you know, also says like, hey, you know, she's not the only one you have to be worried about in your keep. And Connor's like, who else? Who else? And and Robert's like, I'm not going to say because I don't have enough proof and I don't want to like slander people's names. But yeah, you should keep your eyes open. And Connor's like, well, that's annoying and hops on his horse with Gillian, rides all the way back. They have sex. Oh, yes. They have great sex again. Great sex. And she is... No, not yet. Not yet on a horse. Yeah. Not yet. No, not yes. on the horse. Not yeah. on a horse. Okay, let's cut that up. They get not back. Not on a horse. They take a back. Oh, that's they right. He's like, you're, I just had to ride and like save you, and now I'm all dirty, so now you're going to give me a bath. And she's like, Fuck am off. I? Fuck you. And he's like, well, you know, like you could not give me a bath, but, but it'll be fun. And so she ends up giving him a bath, and they have lots of sex, and they get downstairs, and they realize everyone's already at the dining table. So embarrassing. Do you want to tell this part? <laughs> yeah. You should. I mean, okay. Meg has secondhand embarrassment from oh this. Oh my gosh, so. it makes me so, it's no, like you cringe worthy. No bias. Okay, <laughs> no bias, no bias. We've already not been doing a great job. <laughs> so apparently, they've been having sex, so he like comes back in from his hard day of work, and she gives him a bath, and then they have sex, but her cries of passion best way I can describe them are so loud that everyone in the castle knows that they've just had sex she had her orgasm and in about five minutes they're gonna come down for dinner that's awful they no longer ring the bell for dinner they no, no longer ring because the they bell get for downstairs dinner. and like they're already surprised because all the people are already just waiting to eat like and they're like wait we ring the bell like how did you know it was time for dinner and they're like oh well Gillian the word they use throughout the book is bellows yeah, Gillian Bell, right. but Bello is like, <laughs> well, I mean, she does have a that's singing voice. No, that's <laughs> the one. No, Bello. <laughs> t- <laughs> All right, wait, wait, now. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the sound? Like, okay, I, I honestly, that's more what I pictured, though, because the word bellow is, like, like a very oh. manly. Wait, Katie, what did you imagine as a bellow? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Give us your Bella. Very similar to what Meg just did. I would say I was like, very, like a manly, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think I like that verb, but she used it consistently. Like every time she talked about how loud Gillian is during sex, she used the word bellow. Bellows. Like she fair shakes yeah. down the walls around us. Yes. That's what they say. So I guess it her bellows. <laughs> Echo (laughs) (laughs) throughout the castle, so they all know it's time for dinner, and she's (laughs) super embarrassed. But Connor thinks it's hilarious. Hilarious! It's the funniest joke he's ever heard in his life. Like he just starts. That's the part where he starts dying laughing, laughing. right? Yeah, like she's super embarrassed. Yeah, and almost kind of angry that that's like a thing. Yeah, and they're like, he hasn't laughed in 15 years. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they're like, this is like a super big deal. And he was like kind of prideful because he's like, hey, look at me. I make my wife ring the dinner bell with her orgasm. And then Gillian does say, she's like, he's really loud too. And they're like, not as loud as you. Okay, not as loud as you. (laughs) Like, we hear you first. And then maybe we hear him a little bit. A little bit, but it's mostly you, Gillian. So no going around think I think this book actually gave me a complex about that sort of thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be so quiet. I have to be really <laughs> quiet because what if I be bellow? Quiet. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the what I pictured. And I was like, huh. I'm not picturing a, <laughs> a no, sexy like, sound. Like a, like a hot potato sound. <laughs> That's a hot potato sound. Ha! Ah! <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I think a better word would have been like moaning or I don't know, but bellow to me just is like, but anyway, so we'll probably talk more about her bellowing because it's like happens uh, a lot throughout the book. so much. And then like her parents hear it at one point, yes, don't they? Yes, they do. And they're like, that Gillian. It's like, that's gross. Like, Stop. Uh, <laughs> but don't. So they have the dinner. Oh, yeah. She's the dinner bell now, and then she has to get over it, I guess. She does not try to be any quieter per the rest of the book. She does think about it. She's like, I wonder how loud I was. Yes. Oh, there is one part where she tries to be quiet, but she, like, can't contain it. And then he has, and then he sees it as a challenge, and then it happens. That's right. Yes. No, he, like, tries new tricks. Yeah. And it's really sexy. Tying her shift too tight on her arms so she can't move and then she rips her gown and i'm like that's expensive bud Mm -hmm. things are going great except for not she doesn't feel the love but she does feel the passion and she but she's starting to fall in love Mm -hmm. with him but not feel like it's reciprocated in the meantime she's teaching everyone to dance outside and he's watching her from afar and all of a sudden she drops to the ground because an arrow has been shot through her back dun 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 Gillian and it's very clear that it came from his own keep so it wasn't coming from anywhere wait I thought it was from the woods Oh, oh, yeah, it, was it was from, from the, the woods. woods. It was from the woods. Oh, he was yeah. watching from the keep. It yeah, came he's like from up on the, the on the rafters, and like she's dance teaching. I think Nobby, Fiona, and one or two of like the servants, I think, to dance. And they have a couple guards like patrolling mm-hmm. the woods, but it's not anything crazy. Oh, and she's singing for them. And she's sing- oh, she's singing. That's right. So that they can dance to her singing. Awful. That's what I like to do. I like to make sure people get to have fun dancing to my singing. Mm-hmm. It's so awful. It's like weirdly like the humble brag. Like, I mean, I guess my voice is just mesmerizing. I guess I can just sing for you guys. I'll just sing. Back. It's fine. Yeah. I feel like that's a common thing in these kinds of books is I'm so humble. Like, uh, it's not that great. And everyone's like, it's the best thing I've ever heard. I mean, she enchanted men to come towards burning piles of wood so then they could be put to sleep. So, yeah, which we'll talk about later. Yes, we'll like, talk about this stop later. pretending. So, 
She, oh, yeah. She has an arrow through her back. That's right. And she <laughs> she passes out. She passes I out. I would, too. Like, she passes out. Yes. As, like, she, I think she sees Connor running towards her. She hears him, like, yelling. That's right. Because he's, like, freaking out about it. And But she gets taken inside. She gets <laughs> taken inside. And Fiona jumps into action like a badass for emergencies because she's been learning all of these healing stuff from, from Gillian. From, from Gillian. Gillian. So she's like, no, don't do it that way. We've got to push the arrow all the way through, break off the tip and pull it out. And then like herbs and stitching. And mm-hmm. so she just starts telling everyone what to do, of which none of the brothers have ever seen her take charge like that. They're like super proud of her. But also yeah. Connor's like, my, w- my wife, she has an arrow through her. Mm, but it only hit muscle, right? Sure, so shoulder. Hit yeah. Like they the th- uh, uh, they quickly determined that the only thing they're worried about at this point is like infection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And so he's like, "Well, I've immediately since this is clearly taken care of, I'm immediately going to go figure out who did this." So he finds a crossbow in the bushes. Mm-hmm. Yes, not the keep the bushes. And he's like, "Beginner, rookie yeah. mistake, right? Rookie mistake." The weapon, the weapon there. at the scene of the crime. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm going to hold on to this. Hide it. You." You destroy it. Although yeah. Yeah, I don't think his finding that is any indication, though, of he, who it is. He never does anything yeah. with it. No. No. But he, they, he they try to make him look testing? smart by making him hang Should on have. to it, I guess. Should have. Um, and so he immediately is like, okay, who are who could have done this? He doesn't think it was Sir Robert or Sir David, but he has to cover all his bases. So mm-hmm. he rides off with some men to Sir Robert. Sir Robert's like, dude, that sucks. Your wife just got an arrow through her. And he's like, dude, you said that you knew that there was something else going on in my keep. What is it? And he's like, you know what? I'm still not going to say it, but I'll tell you you should go talk to... Oh, wait, did we miss that part? So when Gillian was kidnapped... Oh, yeah, initially by Sir Robert. Initially by Sir Robert, and he implied that Meg told him all this stuff that was going on in his keep. We forgot to say this. Uh, yeah, big point in the plot. Yeah, we probably should have mentioned this like he a while ago. But yes, we, we just got right into the sex. They got we back, did. they took a bath, and they had sex. But he also sent Meg away to live in the village in a cottage with the other two, her friends, because he's like, you're a traitor. You're a traitor. You can't live in my keep anymore. Yeah, he says like it was one thing for you to be here and be like sleeping with all the guys. And I mean, I made you stop doing that, but I still give you a place to live. But he's like, it's a whole nother thing to have you telling secrets to all these even though like i'm kind of friends with sir david and sir robert you just can't tell them my secrets exactly and so when he so he comes back and sir robert's like i heard you like sent meg away you should talk to her and also i would have hung meg for traitorous things like that you were way too nice to her to let her just go live in the village to let her just go and when meg leaves connor notes like oh she took a bunch of my stuff she was in a super bad mood like he remembers back yeah she just was super angry she got kicked out yes and so he goes to Sir David as well just to cover his bases and Sir David's like you should talk to Meg he's like okay here we go everyone knows Meg how does she have the time that is a really good question these are very far apart these keeps are far and she doesn't own a horse Connor rides all the way to the town to the cottage where Meg is he bursts through the doors and instead of finding Meg or any of the other women he finds his uncle with his own personal knife stabbed through the chest of his uncle Connor's personal knife yeah Connor's personal knife so he's like holy shit my uncle's dead and then here comes the the local earl and his men behind him because someone told him or told them that connor had killed his uncle and so here he is and he's being blamed for the murder of his uncle he's like it must have been meg this is her cottage and she slept with my uncle all the time so it had to have been meg but i don't even know where she is and now they're taking me away so they lock him up and 
he's talking to the Earl and the Earl is like, Meg said that you did this, that you murdered him because you found out the truth. And he's like, the truth? Well, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Which is what Gillian had been sensing. Apparently, Uncle was running back and forth as a traitor during these hard times for these clans that were fighting each other. And he... Uncle Neil. Uncle Neil. And he was actually causing most of the bloodshed and he wanted to get rid of his own clan and wanted them to die. So he literally opened the gates for the one night where Connor's parents were murdered and a lot of other people's Wait, are you saying he found that out? Oh yeah, he finds... Okay, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, so like he Neil has been not genuine. He's never helped them, never lifted a finger. He's shocked. He's like, that was my uncle. Mm -hmm. I can't believe he would have betrayed his his clan like that. It's like... A Christmas Prince. Yeah. The yes. ending of A Christmas Prince. It is. Spoiler for A Christmas Prince. <laughs> Sorry, you're, we should still watch it. It's still it's basically still the end. The princess gets shot in the shoulder with an arrow. Totally. And then the Christmas Prince has to save her before Christmas is over or else he turns back into a snowman. That's that's, <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. That's it. That's the movie. Sorry for the spoiler. It. <laughs> you're welcome, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and Connor Prince. does think back to how his uncle was always really indifferent towards them and never really like helped them with anything or visited unless it like benefited, benefited him. him. Yeah. So Connor's like, actually, now that you say that, I can see it, but it still is a huge shock, and I'm super sad. Yeah. Yeah. And the Earl's like, I'm not buying it, man. You were caught red-handed. You had great reason to kill your uncle. Like I would kill someone for that. And it was your knife. I think you did it. Um, but I'm gonna give you some time to figure it out. But in the meantime, you're mm-hmm. gonna stay here. And then Connor starts to get really broody. And he gets locked in a tower. So he's not he in a dungeon. In a he's in like this dark tower bedroom. It's like a yeah. fancy prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the impression I got. Fancy prison. Fancy so he's prison. in fancy prison. Because he's a rich guy. So he gets a fancy prison. And he starts hating on himself super hard and feeling like he deserves this. He's like, how could I have not known? I wasn't protecting my clan. How did I not know? And this whole time I let my uncle come in and like we fed him and cared for him. And like I'm a terrible leader and gets all super broody. Yeah. And then his his comrades are like, you know, I know Gillian's recovering, but we need to get her all up in here to talk to Connor. So they go get her and she's like, yeah, sure. I just had an arrow through my back, but yeah, let's do this. And I think it's been a few mm. days. So they decide the chance of it getting infected at this point is pretty low. Yes. Because it would have happened like pretty shortly after they took the arrow Also, out. historically, they thought that pus was a sign that a wound was healing. So we can't be too sure that she just didn't have septicemia. True. Just true. saying. Just pointing that out. And then she dies. And then the she end. dies at the end. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. End of story. So she goes, she talks to Connor, and she's like, dude, don't be a fucking idiot. You've been a great leader. You're brooding. It's unnecessary. Stop kicking yourself. And then they have sex mm-hmm. in the tower. And she stays overnight. Cause they, I think That's they right. pretty much have sex all night. Conjugal and again visit. in the morning, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. And she's bellowing the whole time because in the morning, I think someone <sighs> says something to her. Yeah. Like, why are you so loud when you yeah. have sex? In the prison. In the prison. So she like swears, I'm going to solve this. And she goes out and becomes. So this is where the book is like a totally different book for her. A little she bit becomes there. a murder mystery. She becomes <laughs> Hercule Poirot. Yes. <laughs> she grows a little mustache. Yes. Scottish version. Scottish <laughs> female version. Yeah. And so she. What was the thing with the blood again? <gasps> oh, I kind of want to read it, but I won't. She's like. He couldn't have been the murderer because when he was going around the town, he was hunting and then he went to Mr. Er, to Mr. Sir Robert, Mr. Robert. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> he hung out with Daniel Tiger. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> so he was going to 
to Sir Robbins. Then he went to Sir David. Then he went all the way across. He went to the Earl. He was hanging out with the Earl, talking with the Earl. Then he went to the cottage. But when he discovered... And when the Earl discovered his uncle Neil's body, the blood was still wet. Mm-hmm. So how could that have happened if Connor, how could Connor have killed them if he was out all afternoon and the only time he came back to the lands to like the area of the crofter's cottage was right before the Earl came? How could he have killed him? Right. And so she's like, well, we got to get a confession to match up with this timeline. Yep. So she separates Meg, or they find Meg and her friends. Yeah, because I think she sends Connor's brothers to go find That's right. Meg and her two friends, Jenny and Peg. Yeah. Yes. And they find them, and she separates them into two different parts of the keep so that they couldn't be, ra- they wouldn't be in the same room. And she decides that she's going to make it sound like Meg is getting tortured without brutalizing her. In a very Gillian way. She does not want to actually hurt her. Yes. Yeah. But she wants the others to hear her screaming. So they decide to cut off her hair piece by piece while asking her to confess. So in a way, they are torturing her. They do. Yeah, they're torturing her. But the impression I got, too, was that Meg gets angered really easily, and whenever she's mad, she just yells and yells and yells and yells. Yeah. Because that happened That happened at other points of the book. I think that happened like when Meg got sent away. She just is like yelling profanities at Connor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in this part... They're like, well, we're not going to actually like torture her and she'll be yelling because she's so angry. But the other two girls will be far enough away that they won't be able to tell if she's yelling out of anger, or out of like pain. Yeah. They'll just think she's just we're hurting her. And and I think initially they I don't think initially they cut her hair off and that's not their plan going into it. I think they're initially going to just try to talk to her. But she just screams and screams and screams at them, which is what they were expecting is her to just cuss them out. So they're like, OK, yeah. well, I guess we'll cut off her hair. Cause <coughs> that's Next logical step. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. So they're ready to sing. As much as they're scared of Meg, they're like, dude, whatever you did to her, I don't want that to happen to me. When it was really just a haircut. And so they bring them before the Earl. They're like, it was Meg. He was like, okay, that's good enough for me. And he's like, I'm going to send these other two away, far away. They're not allowed to come back. But since they didn't actually murder Sir Neil, we're not going to punish them. But we are going to hang Meg. Mm-hmm. And that's the last that said of Meg. Yeah. Was the oh Earl saying, Meg. yeah, I'm going to hang her. <laughs> okay. Oh, Meg. So that's Meg's fate, we assume. Uh, we have no reason to think otherwise. And he releases Connor. Connor and Gillian go back to the keep. She's really just like, I want to stay in this marriage, but I'm willing to leave it because I don't want to love you more than you love me yes i don't want this to go on forever where i'm loving you and giving you like everything and taking care of the house and like you're just really cold and indifferent all the time and and at this point too her her dad still has come then like the entire time she's been waiting her dad to show up and that's about to happen they're a couple days away from her dad and i guess james also got the rest of her family in the meantime because he went to tell them all about how she was wounded james been there half the time Mm -hmm. he has been there right he showed up and brought her cats and her clothes. And her clothes. And then he stays and becomes bros with Connor and all his brothers. Yeah. Yes. So he has learned to trust Connor, but he also knows his cousin. He's like, she deserves more, dude. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not going to show her that you love her or something or, you know. Oh, yeah, because they all the, the bros have, like, conversations like that where they t- actually talk about, like, oh, well, you have to show her that you care about her. They do have that conversation, and it was pretty cute. Yeah. Which, for the longest time, is how I thought men spoke with each other. <laughs> 
Like, yeah, men talk about their feelings, how to win over their lady loves. That's right. That's <laughs> like these Scottish <laughs> yeah. men in this book. Yeah. And yeah, because she's waiting I for her 15, family okay. to come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure some people do. Yeah. They should more. Definitely. They don't. Yeah. So she's waiting for her family at this point. And she knows she has to make a choice because she really wants to stay because she loves him. But she knows she just would be too sad if she spent her whole life like this. Yeah. And I guess James went to alert her whole family when she was wounded. And so he's not only bringing her thither back, he's bringing her mom, her like a bunch of her cousins, her sisters, like everyone is coming to Connor's keep mm-hmm. at this point. That's right. And then they have a night of passion in which... Wait, before that... Oh, sorry. They have horse sex. Horse sex. Oh, yeah. Horseback riding sex. Oh, yeah. When they, ca- they, they finally get Connor out of prison and they're riding back. Yeah. And, and he's like, I'm going to... As Katie said, finger her while they're on the horse. Yeah. I, I don't think I said You like did. You did. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, when you fingered her on the horse. That's, ex- that's like, exactly what he does, Somebody though. said that's exactly they had what he sex. Does. Yeah, that's what I, I said. Mean, I was like, they had full-on penetrative sex. And you're no, like, no, I think it, he no, just he, fingered her. Yeah, no, he, he did. Because he said, <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, that's bold. When he said, <laughs> just wrap your cloak around me. No, he says, hush now and ride. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, gross. oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, I would think I don't my know. hand would hurt Maybe pretty if bad. Maybe if she leaned back into Maybe him, Maybe if I she, guess. like, yeah. leaned forward. Or leaned back. got situated, and then she, like, kind of leaned back. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and she like, was the like, people of the know. horse is going to, like, It would be a little bumpy. Hands. It would be bumpy. Yeah. Also, that poor horse. Yeah. That's well, gross. for this. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I don't want this happening right now on my back. No, no she, oh, he she like says that. He like, she asks about that. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to make noise. And he's like, I don't care. Like, I And then they slow down a little bit, don't they? And then they, they kind of yeah, like that's stay right. they, ride they go to the back. So no one should see. They're going to know we're hiding in the back because you're fingering. <laughs> <laughs> that's the conclusion I would have first jumped to if I were in w- in their coterie. Well, they are having a lot of sex. So actually, that would probably. And I'd she's be like, bellowing thank you, thank you. all over. I'd be like, when are we breaking for lunch, guys? <laughs> is it lunchtime? I'm hungry now. I'm hearing Lunch? this bellowing. Is it dinner? <laughs> so right. Oh, yeah. So she, it's the last night before she knows her father is going to be showing up, but he doesn't know this. And she's like, I'm going to make this sex. He'll never forget. So she ties him to the bed, which actually is something he did to her at one point. Well, to and make her there's, to there's make her another th- element to it, though, because... <laughs> I don't know what I was picturing, but I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Anyway, so, but she adds another element to it that last night, though, because she really does, she's trying to find out, does he actually love me? And she's going to tell him flat out, like, I love you. I don't think at this point she's told she's him. She's never said it. She's but she's to. known she has for a, wh- a while. So she tries to make it more special where she not only draws the bath, but she gets new, like a robe, like a really sheer, uh. sexy yeah, that's right. robe to wear. And she has a ton of candles lit all over the room and i think she maybe puts flowers out or perfume or flower petals or something she's trying to make it romantic like a romantic dinner in the room too oh she brings food she says bring food but just no strawberries because she's allergic to strawberries yeah she's like can you bring up like some fruit and some bread and we can have like a romantic evening in our room they don't just go right into sexy time like she takes really good care to like actually give him a bath and show him 
that she loves him. It's pretty cute. And he's yeah. kind of like, what's happening? Like, this isn't how we normally do this. It was really cute. And I loved that really I had, romantic. like, clearly blocked it out. And Katie was like, no, there was mo- tender moments in there. It and was I'm really like, cute. and they just banged. Well, they do <laughs> they end banged. up <laughs> having sex. So much. So, but it really starts off really romantic. Because what happens is she, I don't think she even gets to the point, though, where she says, like, I love you. Or if she does, no, they no, end no, up she immediately does. having sex. Does. They have sex. No, he, he tells, she tells, no, but she, she, she says it while they're having sex. Bellowing. That's right. She's all they're having when sex. When she bellows, she says, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> she bellows it. I can't handle this. <laughs> but at this point, it's in the middle of the night. He makes that joke, too. He's like, a bunch of people are going to wake up and go to the kitchen and think that in the middle of the night. Oh, sorry. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what it is. They start getting frisky. And she's like, wait a minute, I don't want it to progress too fast because I need to tell him like that I love him. But then yeah. he starts being all sexy and then she starts and giving he goes, in. he goes down on her. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so she and starts she giving in and that's when she's yeah. like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not really like, uh, the way she confesses, it's very nice and it's passionate and it's in yeah. the moment, but it's not yeah. like how she was picturing. Yeah. And then she gets so wrapped up in it that they don't really talk anymore and yeah. he never says anything. And then at the end, he's like, oh, so my wee wife loves me, does she yeah that's and this book right that's this one mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Sorry, oh he does he talks yeah. about that he's yeah. like hey you love me and she's like and still she's sitting like, there like yep. you have not opened up to me at all but yes i do and yeah I do. I do and then like there's a pregnant pause where she's like waiting for him to waiting for him to say it back nothing happens no nope. he doesn't <laughs> it's just like okay um, so it yeah. was a very it was a great that whole scene was great we'll, talk, well you can talk about that later but there is no confession of love from mm-hmm. connor as much as she wanted one because she i think she pretty much at this point feels like if he doesn't tell me he loves me i'm gonna leave yeah. like with my family tomorrow like Ec- yeah it's either now it's now or never essentially and he doesn't even realize she's gotten out of bed packs her stuff and is already oh, outside right. one of his brothers runs in and is like hey sir eric her dad is here and he's like oh where's gillian and he's like she's already out there with him and with her cats and it's like a bad sign if her cats are outside <laughs> with her in a yeah. basket like that's not they're good. in their traveling basket yep yes they're and ready and to roll. not only is her dad there but her whole family is yeah like yeah. everybody and peyton is there her cousin peyton who's like the heartthrob oh so and handsome. all the men give side eye because he's just so handsome so beautiful and he's they're beautiful. like, oh, he's going to take all the women because they're all going to fall in love with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's super nice because Gillian greets him and is super happy to see him and yeah. all her other cousins and her mom. Because we haven't really we've only heard about her mom at this point, but we haven't actually like met her. And then Avery, her sister's there along with her husband, Cameron. And then she does talk to her mom and dad. Like they stand outside talking and her parents are, they have a heart to heart and are like, so do you love him? And she's like, yes, I do. Oh my gosh, this is a big moment actually. This is like what helps her. She actually, okay. So she is talking to them and she's telling them like, I'm so bummed. I really love him, but he is super cold and has never said he loves me. And I'm really sad. So I feel like I should leave because I don't want to stay with him. And her parents are like, that really stinks. I think they get, say, they say be a little bit more understanding since he for the past like 12 13 years has been the leader of his clan and has to be like super strong for them so they're kind of like we can understand that and then that's when do you want to say it you go for it okay <laughs> the mom is like i don't remember how she says it because she doesn't flat out say like are you pregnant yeah. maybe she does i don't remember but she's like well wait a minute it's a really awkward one of those conversations where like have you had sex and she's kind of like yeah and it looks like with her parents like oh, okay and then her mom is like well, are you pregnant? Or, like, do you think you could be pregnant? And then Gillian thinks about it, and she's like, wait a minute. I haven't had my period in, like, 
a while. A while. Yeah. Like, since before I came here. So she's like, oh, crap, I think I am. So she kind of changes her mind at that point. Like, she's like, I was pretty dedicated to leaving, but now I'm not so sure because I think I'm pregnant. But she's not going to allude to that. Not to Connor. Connor yeah, she wants. starts running downstairs. Yeah, he runs outside, like, storms out with his brothers and Nobby and everyone there in tow. And then he gets really possessive. He does that throughout the book, like, multiple times. He gets kind of yeah. possessive, and she's like, well, you don't love me, and... And they say the word possessive. She's like, oh, yeah, he's possessive. She literally says that. Yeah, she warns her family of that before he comes, like, storming out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he comes out. And then what is it, what is the first thing? They get into a fight. What does he say to her? Uh, he's like, you're coming back inside. And, and she's, she's like, you can't force no. me. No. And then I think that's where she explains the whole whole coercion thing to him. I don't think she and Connor have really discussed it yeah. at this point. And she's like, well, honestly, you don't really seem to care about me other than the great sex we have. So we could easily get the king to say this wasn't a valid marriage and I can just be on my way. Yeah. Unless yeah. you say you love me. Yeah. And he's like, but why would you leave? You love me. And she's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like you reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. And you should show more emotion. And he's like, it's not my job to do that. And he gets grumpy. And then he's like, fine, if you want to leave, leave. Yeah, and, and he, he storms yeah. away. He does. He storms away toward Dilclada. And then at the gate, like, everyone is watching. So his brothers kind of follow him out. But then all the servants, all the people that have now come to love Gillian are, like, waiting in the doorway watching to see what happens. And among them is Nobby's mom, who at this point really hasn't been in the book. But all of a sudden, I think there's maybe one other scene she's in. But Nobby's mom. Nobby's mom hits him in the head. Yeah, hits Connor and is like, you're an idiot. We all love her. She's great. You know it. What are you doing? You need to just let your emotions show suck it up and she'll she'll stay because we know you care about her right yeah yeah and then she's like look at laird eric look at how kind he is toward his daughter look at how he holds his wife and touches her hand and her hair and look how kind and warm and loving he is toward them and yet he's still a strong laird and people respect Mm -hmm. him yeah like they're affectionate exactly he she's like affection doesn't mean that you're weak Mm -hmm. exactly he realizes his mistake walks back because uh, at that point because connor storms away and gillian's parents are like okay well should we leave now and she's like no wait and then he no, goes i thought it was her mom that was like he'll be back i don't remember oh it was either her someone or says like no one it's of fun. the marais whether it was her or her parents was like we'll we'll hold out a little we'll longer give him a second yeah to get himself together yeah and then he comes back and how does he say it do you remember exactly it was an exchange of I I don't want to go on without you. I want you here. I want you yeah. to stay with me. I yeah. don't want you to leave. And then he's she's like and, and then he says I love you. In front of everyone. I was like oh my god. I turned to Kevin and I was like he says he loves her. And Kevin was like what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, it's fine. I'm really happy. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, it was it's Dermot. His brother Dermot is like he'll be back. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah yeah that's yeah. right. And so, yeah, he says he loves her. Yeah. And then they live love. happily ever after. And the prologue. Oh, wait, they have sex. Again, they have it ends with them again. having sex, right? Yeah, it ends with it. They have a lot. This is this is a book that does not lack in the hot sex scenes. So they have sex yeah, again. They have so sex at least sex once scenes. a day, if not more. Yes, yeah, if not more. <laughs> and then there's an epilogue, right? Yeah, there's the there epilogue. Is. Do you want to describe piece. the epilogue, anyone? Well, go for it. No, it's just like everyone's there. So Connor and Gillian are there and they're uh, still married. And then kids, right? They have twins. Twins. This is the 
several months later, like a oh, year. Oh, this is like the and blessing like ceremony. Cameron is They've there. Everyone. Yeah. So, so yeah, they have like twins, and then like their whole fam, both of their families are all there. Exactly. And, and they're just in mm-hmm. love. He's now showing a lot of affection, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's showing a lot of affa- affection, and then they have sex one more time. And there's that whole part that was a big joke where um, Connor is talking to two of Gillian's cousins. It's Cameron. I don't remember the other one, but he also has a C name because the whole joke is like the two cousins who both have C names have bastard kids with like their equivalent Cormac of Meg. and Cormac. Is it Cormac? I think it's Cormac. And Cameron. Cameron. They each have a child out of wedlock. Yep. And they're like, oh, Connor, did you? And he's like, no, but I had this... Is it a Lehman, right? Yeah, yeah Lehman. Lehman. I had this Lehman, and she ended up being crazy. I don't have any kids with her like you do, but then she ended up getting, she was hanged. And then they're like, what? And then both of the cousins are like, oh, I had a Lehman who was hanged, like the ones that are the mothers of their oh, kids. That's right. And they're like, that's so funny. We all have C names, and we have these Lehman who were hung. And it's like, it's like ah. and I was That's like, not a funny. And okay. that's the joke that they leave the book on. And I was like, <laughs> that wasn't. Okay, well, we can... It's really sad. Yeah, it was really sad. So I was like, um, okay, anyway. So I thought that was a really random part. And then... Does it end with them having sex? I think it does. It, it does. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. very accurate. And then she <laughs> says, the last the last words of the book are, Ah, wife, you are my heart, my joy, and my blessing, as are ye mine, my Viking, always and forever. Now let us give those new doors a proper testing. Oh yeah, because they got new, more soundproof doors. They got soundproof doors, so she can bellow oh. all she wants. It's great. That's the end of the it's book. It's great. The end. First, I kind of want to touch upon the fact that this is set during 1465, but like all of the main characters have modern mindsets. Yeah. So like the Murray family is super progressive, and they're like, "Yeah, our daughter should marry for love, and it doesn't matter that we've all like already done that. This isn't a new thing in our family either. Yeah, like, like everyone generations does that have done like that. Have sex with him, and then kind of convince him to marry you. It's great. Like that's a kind of a theme through all of these books. Don't worry about it. And I know it's just because people want to read the sex scenes. I also want to read the sex scenes, but it's just kind of funny how modern these mindsets are like james is very modern peyton is very modern even connor to an extent is really modern and i just think it's a really funny thing that they keep some of the older traditions and like the older mindsets but at the same time like the main characters are like modern 20th century people Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that what year was this book published (sighs) 2002 i was 10 i was you're like 14 yeah 14 i was 14 Healthy was bleep <laughs> years old when this was written. Kelsey oh yeah. is an immortal. Kelsey has no age nor form. Kelsey isn't everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, do like is there? I I I have something I want to bring up. Yeah. So I, as much as they very much were, you know, had Meg as this big bad, and yeah, she ends up stabbing a guy in the heart and like framing people for shit and telling secrets and being a traitor but i did not like the way connor handled the sex workers at one point when he is yelling at meg in the bathhouse and he's yelling at her because you know he's just discovered that she's been sleeping with all these guys instead of doing her job and all these other women have had to pick up the slack and he's like that's not fair and and he's yelling at her he's like you guys spreading your legs isn't your job that's not your job and i was like excuse me that is a job and you let them 
make that I mean, their yeah, job. Exactly. I was going to say they wouldn't be doing that if these people weren't like yeah. sleep with them. Like yes. all the men were. Yeah. yeah. So like for him to be tango. like, you guys are bad. And it was like, dude, you've been sleeping with them and you're the Laird. So I was actually kind of really pissed and I kind of sympathized with Meg in her outrage. And I can kind of understand her hatred of of Gillian in the sense that not that I think Gillian is hateable, but because here Meg is, you know, like in this keep and she's like servicing all these men and she gets a little more power than everyone because she's also servicing the Laird. And that makes her feel empowered. And his but brothers and his uncle and, and his friends. And all of his other all kin. Like that must be awful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and not really, ha- you know, I'm sure not having much of a choice in the matter, no matter how they feel about it. And then here comes this like well-born woman who got everything she ever wanted and gets to come from this family where people marry for love and all of this stuff. And she's the good guy and Meg's all of a sudden the bad guy and Meg's like, what the fuck, man? So I totally sympathized with her in that feeling. By the end of the book, they're like, no, she was just crazy the whole time. I really didn't like my biggest issue was that, is that they just were literally plot devices. Like they had no characterization other than they were like crazy and manipulative. Yes. Like yeah. you didn't they really never even had they didn't really even speak. No, at Meg, all in the book. Yeah. Like there was never no. a dialogue with them except for really in the the torture part. They never really got to hear her voice at all. Yeah. And I would have liked to have them be more developed characters as opposed to just they were used to make things happen. Yes. Exactly. So I didn't really like that. I would have liked I think and cuz I think to agree to a degree too even if they're villains when you have a more developed villain whether it's like Voldemort or you know Meg the layman I still think that would have made it a much more interesting story to have her be more developed. Yeah, like if we had heard her say, you know, like say the things like Faith was saying like, "Well, you just come here and it's so easy for you and like I don't have a choice in this stuff." where she's like hey listen bud you have this really great life but no one cares about me and i have to look out for myself exactly so i think that if if meg had gotten that dimension to her character she wouldn't have just been like a stock like plot even if there had been just like a couple scenes if meg maybe was actually bringing up the water after she got in trouble and gillian like talked to her and kind of got to understand her a little bit more i think that would have been a really good opportunity for that and i would have liked that more yeah because other than Gillian and then like Joan and Fiona were pretty major characters but not nearly as major as all the other men in the book the only other women really were uh, Meg Jenny and Peg and they got treated just like terribly so yeah I guess should we add in does this pass the Bechdel test does it not I thought it (laughs) did it does does. barely by the skin of its teeth no she talks with Joan and Fiona about healing and herbs oh you're right so it definitely does does. does. it does pass it so I was thinking that when I was reading it maybe I'm starting to rethink that test isn't isn't stringent enough Mm. Um. (laughs) 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 no I mean I remember appreciating that in the book while there were not as many female characters I still appreciated that there were some strong female friendships like Gillian and Fiona got along really well and she that's got true. to know Joan and then there was another girl too who had a crush on Nobby. Mary. Was it Mary? Oh Mary. yeah that's right Mary yeah and she had a crush on yeah. Nobby and like Gillian, Gillian sees his notices. Penis. Oh yeah in the bathhouse. In the bathhouse Gillian sees Nobby's penis and is like Mary Nobby isn't so Nobby in some places. <laughs> that was a good scene where that she was, was like they're all becoming BFFs. Yeah. yeah. So she has some lady friends and I liked that about it. It wasn't just yeah. her alone and everyone all the other women hate her and everything so that was really cool and then my last thing is is gillian a witch i don't know (laughs) 
I just I loved her as a character. No, I mean like No, I know, but I was a about 17th to say, century witch. Like would they have burned her at this stage? No, state? I know because of the whole magic thing and, and the, the magic healing. and the healing and the singing. Yeah. She's a siren. She's a succubus. She's like drawn She's men to their people death. to sleep. Putting men to sleep. I mean, has those herbs. I mean, people were accused Maybe of being she witched was. for far less yeah. than what reading has done. reading people's minds and telling them about it and no, telling how they feel. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and they were all like, "Oh, haha, she's just too smart." She's I feel so like smart. you're right. They probably would have been like, "She's a s- yeah. sorcery." She's a woman who's a smart woman. She's a witch. She's a witch. Well, they probably would have like hung her, or dunked her as a highborn lady. I think they would have still killed her though. Yeah, probably. You were not immune. Well, I'm sure you had more protection against it but like if everyone had decided you were a witch i'm sure they'd still kill you but maybe people would be less likely to believe it well and especially since her dad wasn't there as like a protector like if her husband was like yeah she's a witch they would have totally killed her Mm. it's good she didn't marry mr rot or mr Mr. rogers mr rogers Rogers. sir robin calling him mr robert (laughs) mr robert mr rogers sir robin if she'd married sir Sir robin she would be dead oh super probably he would be like my lady is a witch yeah because he's sultry fedora well, and obviously that beginning with all the trickery and the keep and her like fending off all these layers. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. There were multiple times in the book I wanted to like cheer out loud. That was one. The part where she pushed Meg's boobs off of Connor. I was yeah. like, yes, like best mm-hmm. movie. You should have done good for you. Yeah. That was bold, but good for you. The parts where she stands up for herself. Ma- basically, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I was feeling her frustration for her. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And the other thing that bothered me throughout the book, and I didn't think Connor did too much better about it, but he would always be like, oh, ha, ha, she's so small and funny when she's angry. And I'm like, dude, she's actually angry. Like, you yeah. need to listen to what she's saying. Yeah. And he would just brush off and be like, oh, that's so cute. LOL. Like, yeah. so funny. My small wife is mad. And I was like, dude. Well, I guess we can we can definitely go back to um, the bedding. Oh, yes. Okay. The first sex scene. So that's where they're traveling back to Connor's keep. For whatever reason, he doesn't even feel like they can wait till they're back to bed her. So they yeah. kick this farm couple out of their house and use their bed. To consummate their to marriage. To consummate their marriage. I felt reading that part... <laughs> I was really uncomfortable. I felt bad for her because the first sentence is something she says, like she doesn't know if she wants to scream or cry. And that's like very negative. Yeah. And I felt really bad and scared for her. This is not how she wanted to lose her virginity. I thought it was like scream and frustration because she had like the beginnings of a really good encounter with him. Oh, that's right. She does have. I think that is. But the sentence at first I was like, I I was like, oh my God, does she like feel violated? Yes. Yeah. Like. That's a concern. Because he didn't really, like, say, we're going to go in and do this. Or, like, ask her, like, is this okay? He just... For me, I knew that... cool. For me, I knew that during that time period, your marriage isn't a marriage until you've fully consummated your wedding. So, Mm -hmm. like, after you say your vows, it's like, all right, well, now we have sex. And it's either in a room full of people. Sometimes it's by ourselves. But, like, you got to get that sex done right after or else it's not a full marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the first time reading, even when I was, like, 15, I was like, oh, yeah, and then they have to like do the whole sex thing that's gonna be really awkward and then (laughs) they have awkward sex and she's like yeah it was pretty awful but like that's what you gotta do right i think it might have been really uncomfortable if she was like and then he kissed me and then he took off my clothes and i was like totally no but what happened was she was like okay this is going well and all of a sudden he just was like doing it and she was kind of like oh because that's also where you start getting more of a sense of how connor is like as a husband because he literally just they have sex and he gets up and walks away like he leaves her like okay bye done like a like a pat on the butt like good game 
and then he like leaves. Yeah. Does he pat her on the butt? I don't think. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I totally. I think at that. one point he like gives her a little pat on the on the hip and is like, "Great job." And like and leaves, and she's like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> get back here." <laughs> there is no pillow talk. No, she like forces him begrudgingly into the song. You're the end. You're the end. Yeah. He's just a quiet, private man. But not um, during sex. Not during sex. He also bellows, but like, uh, he gives a sharp yip. What? <laughs> now he's th- do they ever Was say that, that in the book? <laughs> no, I just wanted to think of another really awkward sound <laughs> description. Connor yips. She, and bellows, she bellows and he yips. Yip yip yip. Appa yip yip. 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 <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Avatar. And okay, so yeah, I mean, like, okay, so how is how do we like the sex? Was the sex good? Yes, the sex was good. Can I tell you what I thought was the sexiest scene in the whole book? Okay, yes, go for it. it actually surprised me that it wasn't a direct sex scene, and we talked on it a little bit. Was it the horse? Was no, it the horse? No, it was scene? definitely not the horse. So awkward. No, it was <laughs> definitely not the horse. It was when it was when like the blowjob one. No, it I like the blowjob one. That one actually that was, was pretty good. hot. But I it like was when she, it was funny. a conversation they had. So they're talking about the bellowing, not surprising. And it is where he, where she's like, it's embarrassing and I'm just going to not do it anymore. Like I've decided I'm not going to make those sounds. And he in his accent says, <laughs> of course, some men might see that as a challenge. And she's like, oh dear. Him oh, and I just, yeah, I was just like, ooh, like challenge, blushing. go for there it. There was a lot of yeah. problems. That. I was like, oh, wow. <gasps> Um, but I thought that was hot. I was like, go for it, Connor. <laughs> I think it's a point of romance. Like, you stereotypically think like a romance novel is like just women being like, oh, wow, swoon. <laughs> I'm yeah. blushing. Like, yeah. wow. Exactly. Okay, so let's read more of the, you know. Wait, so Faith, what yeah. happens though? You didn't finish saying what happens oh, in that part. Oh, it, it literally went, I know like, like, it was one of those parts where they, they flashed forward afterwards. But like that was where they left the sentence or the chapter. But that wasn't yeah. the part where he ties, because there's a part where he ties her arms to her side with yeah. Dress. Yeah, that was yeah, a and part. then she like rips her dress because she like wants to touch him. him, but she can't. He's like, he, no. Nah, there's another uh-uh. part where he ties her to the bed. That's a different part. Yeah, I think yeah. it might be their last night together they before her so family comes. Sex. Yes, he like ties her wrists to the bedposts. If you're looking yeah. for, and then a she does that to him. In another part, this is it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She does do that to him, and I, it, it was kind of like her getting back at him too. She's like, I want him to remember that I'm in charge if we don't end up together. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I just thought it wasn't like at them actually having sex. It was just like this saucy I little like Connor too. moment. Yeah, I like that. I liked him. I did. I did. Too. He gave like I would get frustrated with him, but I think that was the point. I think you were supposed to notice his flaws and feel how Gillian feels toward him like when she feels frustrated fed up or annoyed which hannah howe did a good job of that because then when he finally says i love you i was like oh my god it's so good it's like such a good build up so she gets shot in the back with an arrow and well they don't have sex right away i mean she has like an achy shoulder it was three days and in the book a lot of people are like are you sure like you're really injured you shouldn't go and she's like i'm fine but she's yeah. a witch. Yeah, Kelsey is pointing out that she got shot in the back and then uh, she's having all this sex. She mentions that her shoulder hurts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. And I mean, she seduces him as a way to get him out of his brooding. brooding. The injury may or may not have been realistic. Yes. I mean, they I made it Kelsey's seem like right. she was fine, but. If I'm getting shot with an arrow, I don't want to be having sex three days later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it was arrow. a cross. Was it? Was we it might have to arrow? Just like a cross bolt is going to do like a lot of damage. Maximum damage. Like that's right. going to do a lot of damage. It that's was probably a crossbow. I mean, uh, I mean, it was a probably bow just bow a bow and arrow. Yeah. But the sex scenes were hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were really hot. Okay. Mm-hmm. On a scale of 
Dirty Dancing to Outlander with Titanic being right smack dab in the middle. What would we say these sex scenes were? Well, I think we're finding a flaw in in our meter by (laughs) it definitely falling in the Outlander and Beyond category. Outlander Beyond, definitely. The characters are so well... They're really well developed. She's a really good writer. Yeah, she's Mm -hmm. a great writer. Her romance scenes... I don't think there was like a throbbing love rod or anything. No, they did not really use euphemisms, and I liked that. Like There's a couple times she said things, like but it was very rare. It was very rare, yeah. and I appreciated that. She did a great job without using any weird euphemisms. And <laughs> so, if you want it to be like straightforward, but she still makes it very sexy, yeah, this is a great book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. And Gillian was almost too perfect. That's what I was, I was kind of yeah. getting at earlier. Her real only flaw was that she sometimes could be like rash and like she had a bit of a temper. She just was like perfect singer, perfect wife, perf- really good at sex. Perfect lover, perfect bellower. Like, had perfect those tapes. <laughs> Healer. Healer. Singer. Strategizer strategist. for nonviolence. Mm-hmm. So even though there yeah. were parts I was like, are you kidding me? Like she's like the perfect woman. Yeah, I was still like liked her a lot. I still was like, okay, yeah. I mean, you're perfect, but it's fine. And Connor was the epitome of like the brooding, like soft-spoken, quiet, stony, but lovable. Once you break through that hard mm-hmm. candy shell, and you know his backstory, and you yeah, kind of get hard it, life. and Oof, and yeah. he had like nice relationships with. You saw his relationships with his brothers and his friends, with his sister, how much he cared, and his sister, and how much he cared about his people, and like that was kind of a hint as to how much he could care for Gillian if he let himself. So that was fun. So uh, Kelsey, Kelsey, would you read this book? So Kelsey says that Gillian is like a Mary Sue, which I completely agree with. What's a Mary Sue? It's like the author inserts like the perfect woman because it's like what most women want. You know, it's like the like the ideal, like your ideal. Like, well, I'm a good singer and I'm really good at healing and I'm really I'm kind of clumsy, but like I'm good at everything and it makes me I cute do. That I'm clumsy. It's not yeah, like a it's like endearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's like an author insert or like a a reader insert character. So that's a turnoff for you, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's a little too perfect for Kelsey. Kelsey said she would still probably yeah. read it, which, which I, I think is the, is first, the one? first one you said pretty much yes yeah. to. Oh, awesome. Hannah Howell, you Kelsey will read your book. And I personally wow. would like to read more Hannah Howell, especially knowing now, like you mentioned, Meg, that the other books are based on her relatives and friends. It's not just like a, it's they're all connected. Yeah. Because I almost to a degree like wanted another book of this just because that is how much I did like it. As yes. much as there were parts that drove me crazy, I was like, I really like their relationship and I wanted to know what else happens. I wanted more of those sex scenes. They yeah, were and more of the sex scenes. So I'm like, Hannah Howell, yeah. other books, let's do those. I mean, like for me, this book is really important because it kind of like shaped the way that I viewed romance and I viewed relationships. As a young woman, I think that this was the best kind of book that I could have read, where like the main female protagonist is standing up for herself and is like, hey, these are the things that I want and require in my romantic relationships, and we need to work on it. So, Or I'm out. Or I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. So No, I thought it was a really good one. When you were like, this is the first one I picked up, the first romance novel I ever read, I was like, wow, you picked a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I just read the back and was like she seems like a pretty kick-ass lady and, and then like is. sir connor 
McEnroy, daring knight of few words. Swoon. Yeah. And he's ter- his terse cold distance, which I really like. I really like the silent stoic hero who's like, love me. Like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Like, please. <laughs> Come here. Patting them with and your paw. Yeah. And then I sing to them in my siren voice. My siren voice. <laughs> and I bellow during sex. Yeah. I bellow during sex. I have a siren and voice. And I become friends with everyone in their keep. And exactly. Yeah. My fiance, he was like, definitely that siren voice. <laughs> Dance instructor. Dance instructor. Yeah. She potion maker. Potion maker, spellcaster, charms master, aurer in training. Mystery solver. She's a detective. Yeah. Yes. It was a all all around good book. I liked it. (gasps) You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I mean I have my complaints, like I said, but I liked it overall and I enjoyed it. I would read more Hannah Hallowell. I want to. It was my favorite one so far. I'm so excited about this. Read Smut, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can recommend a book, send us a listener review for an upcoming title, or just send your thoughts over to readsmutpodcast at gmail.com. Follow our upcoming reviews on Instagram at readsmutpodcast. You can rate us on iTunes, and subscribe on any podcast app. And remember, read smut. Next episode, we'll be reviewing Truth or Beard by Penny Reed. Brave, 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 so Robin. I'm just doing my Scottish accent. All right. That's how you say it.